Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm going to teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Becoming Limitless podcast. On today's episode, we are having Ryan Blazer back on the show to talk to us all about EMFs. What are EMFs? They're electromagnetic frequencies. These are the things that are coming off of our smart devices, our phones, our internet routers, our appliances, all of the invisible energies that we can't see. And specifically, we're diving into why this is not only classified as a carcinogen, but how it directly affects your ability to be healthy and energized and focused. And this, there are so many things we talk about today that you can directly take action on. Everything from little changes you can make to your Wi-Fi, to your cell phone. This is packed with information in it. And I even address a very hotly controversial topic and he has a strong take on it. And it is about the use of wireless headphones. I know so many people love their AirPods and can't imagine living without them. But after today's episode, you just might put them away and never pick them up again. So Ryan Blazer, like I said, was on our show last episode and we talked in detail about the air quality and how air is literally something you consume all day, every day. And it is pivotal and key to your health. And if your air quality in your home is negatively affected, you're going to be feeling it in the effects of drowsiness, just fatigue and all of that. Well, today's part two of that episode, and we're talking specifically about EMFs, but who is Ryan? Well, he's the accomplished founder and CEO of Test My Home, which is an environmental company dedicated to improving your health and your well-being. So you know how my episodes all help you optimize from the inside out? We talk sleep, food, movement, stress, resiliency. Well, what Ryan and his team do is is they talk about optimizing your health starting from the environment around you outside working in. It's kind of like a functional medicine doctor for your home. So he actually uses his expertise in building biology and healthy home consulting to identify and address toxic sources that could be impacting your health. This is an episode you are not going to want to miss, and I guarantee you will leave this episode having already at least a couple things that you know that you're going to change right away. So dive into this episode and enjoy. All right, we are back with Ryan for round two. Last week, we talked all about air quality in our homes and mold and how it might actually be affecting our ability to be showing up clear, energized, and focused in our businesses. But this week, we're talking about something that I actually am really excited to bring because so many of my clients, when I tell them things like, I put the Wi-Fi on a timer, like it automatically goes off every night. And I turn my phone on airplane mode that I get some pretty funny looks. I get the clients looking at me kind of like, um, really, Tessa? And every time I post, we're going to talk about some stuff with headphones and stuff. And every time I post it, I always get some very concerned people that they're going to have to give up their mm -hmm. Apple AirPods. What are we talking about today? We're talking all about EMFs. We're here with Ryan. Welcome back to the podcast, Ryan. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, for those of us who didn't listen to the last episode, just give us an intro of who you are, what your company is and how you help. Sure. My name is Ryan Blazer. I'm an electromagnetic engineer. I'm also a building biologist and I've been working in environmental toxicology fields for 25 plus years. We have a business called Test My Home where we come into people's homes and we do a full analysis, treat it like uh, I'm a functional medicine doctor for your home. We find all the issues that are affecting your health and we help you optimize your home to help 
optimize your life. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It is something that is so important that beyond sleep, beyond food, beyond exercise, beyond stress resiliency, we also have to look at the environment around us and understand that that is contributing to our health and our energy. So today we are talking about EMF. So Ryan, tell us what does EMF stand for? What are they and why should we care? Yes. So EMF is the electromagnetic energy, electromagnetic frequency and fields that are around us every day. Now, up until about you know 200 years ago, or even 100 years ago, we had the static DC field of the earth, which is a magnetic field that doesn't rotate, it doesn't change. And then we invented electricity and, and more so we invented alternating current, which now we have rotating magnetic fields, rotating electric fields, and we've essentially electrified the planet. And we also came up with radio frequency, which is long distance transmission of data through the airwaves. Now, the electrical energy comes from the electrical wiring that can radiate into the room that can have a big effect on the body. The magnetic energy also interacts with the body and that comes from the motors, high voltage power lines, anything that's using a lot of power. And then the radio frequency comes from all of our technology, the cool devices, the things we love. Yeah. So how, why, why are EMFs a concern to us? So our bodies are electrical chemical beings. Everything in our body communicates and functions with each other with each other through electrical signals. So our heart, our nervous system, our brain, even our cells on a cellular level are all communicating through these little electrical impulses that tell our body how to work, how to operate. Now, when we put our bodies in artificial frequencies or artificial fields, it has an interference with our body. It makes our body have to work harder. And in, in long-term cases can cause a lot of long-term uh, disease, illness, even cancers. It is a class 2B carcinogen by the World Health Organization. It is recognized as a carcinogen. And a lot of people just don't give it enough attention as it should. It's one of the biggest biohacks you can do to optimize your life is reduce your EMF exposure. So what are we looking for in terms of like symptoms? If I were to know that like, eh, this might not be too good for me to have this much, to have a level of exposure or whatever level I'm at right now, what are we looking for on a symptom level? So the biggest symptom that we typically see from radio frequency, now radio frequency is the high frequency energy that's going through the airwaves. That's going to be the ear pods. That's the, the Wi-Fi or laptop 5G. That's going to be brain fog. It's going to be anxiety. It's going to be sleeping disorders. It's going to be irritability. We're going to have tinnitus symptoms from that. And just overall not feeling well, kind of like you're starting to come down with something uh, when you start to get a cold or, or a flu, that feeling you feel. That's how some people can feel in a more extreme cases. Now, when we're talking about magnetic energy, magnetic energy has a physical interaction with the body in that we have iron in our blood, in our hemoglobin. So imagine if you had a magnet and you had a handful of nails, that magnet's going to attract that iron in the nails. Now, if you change polarity of that magnet, what's going to happen to the, the nails? It's going to repel, it's going to push. And so this alternating magnetic field, as it, those waves go through the body, it has a physical interaction on the iron in our blood. And unfortunately, that blood is throughout our whole body, our brain, in every part of our body, we get these small vibrations. Another effect that we see is through our nervous system. Our nervous system is the wiring in our body. That's how our brain communicates with the rest of our body. 
it's, it's very conductive. And as these magnetic fields flow through the nervous system, it creates microcurrents in the body, which causes a lot of confusion in the body. And so that's typically uh, where we see more of our long lasting neurological effects. Uh, we see the tumors, the cancers from this constant vibration that our body never really gets a break from. And then when we get into the electric fields, that's more of the a stress on the body. Uh, the body's just going to feel more run down. It's going to, we get more of the irritability. Just like there's always something there vibrating, causing an effect on the body. That's typically the symptoms we see. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're in our, a lot of us are working from home now, especially as entrepreneurs in our home, what are common examples of things that throw off EMFs? Cause I imagine for some people listening, this is the first time they've even heard of EMFs. Yeah, there's uh, three different levels of EMFs when we talk about EMFs. So the first level is what we have directly on our body. And these are the things that are going to affect us the most. This is going to be like uh, an Apple watch. It's going to be AirPods in the ear. This is going to be your cell phone that's in your pocket. And these are directly on the body. And they're giving us a lot of exposure because they're really close. So when it comes to how much exposure we're getting, it has to do with proximity or distance. It has to do with the strength of the signal. It has to do with how much time we're in that field. So when we have these devices on our body, we're in the field. They're really close to the body. And a lot of times they're pretty high power communicating that signal out to the other devices. Now, the second set of EMF devices we have in our home are going to be the proximity devices within our house. That's going to be uh, the laptop, that's going to be the, the Sonos speaker system or the wireless communication system. It's going to be your wireless camera, your baby monitor, the Wi-Fi system, the laptop, the iPads, uh, all these things in your home that are sending data uh, wirelessly are also throwing off this interference, uh, but we're not as close to it. So we're not getting as much exposure as we are with the things that are directly on the body. And then the third category of things that are outside the house. This is going to be the cell tower down the road. That's going to be the AM FM radio station. It's going to be the 5G tower down on the corner. Um, all the data that's sending out throughout the airwaves, which there's millions and millions of channels of communication going on constantly. So now in this modern age, between those three levels, we're completely immersed in EMF from every direction. And it's really hard to get away from it these days. Yeah, it really is. Um, it, so I was just kind of taking some notes on the different levels here. So let's start in order of proximity and see what we can do to kind of just have some easy changes that we can make. So the first was the proximity of the things that are actually on us. Now, Fitbits, Aura Rings, mm -hmm. Apple Watches, how big of a problem are these? So Aura Ring, actually not too bad. I have one myself and the, the levels off the Aura Ring are so low. I've uh, measured it. That's really non-existent. You can also even put it in airplane mode if you're concerned about it. But AirPods are a different story. Those transmit very powerfully. So even the FCC and the government agencies have said, okay, we know that past 2.5 or right around 2.5 million microwatts that it starts to thermally heat up the body, essentially cooking us from the inside out like a microwave does. And so anywhere from 2.5 to 10 million, depending on the frequency, that is the level that the FCC has set that says we cannot expose the public to these levels or higher without risk of, of long-term damage and cancer. So, but they said anything below this, uh, it's okay. It's kind of a gray area for right now. The, they, it's inconclusive evidence is what they call it. But then we have a whole other group of science and doctors and people that have done studies over the last 80 years that say, no, we know for sure that this stuff, even at lower levels, is causing 
uh, lower sperm count is, is damaging your, um, your insides. It's damaging testosterone levels. It's affecting cognitive issues. Uh, it's affecting your sleep, you know, cancer and tumors go up exponentially when you're exposed to these levels, even at low levels. So it's really important that we take these items that are, are given off this energy and try to replace them with different things. So instead of the AirPods, let's use wired headphones. Uh, the aura ring is low. We're not too worried about that, but the Fitbit and maybe the Apple watch, do we really have to have this stuff because it does come at a cost. And so that's what you need to weigh out the benefit versus risk on some of these things. Yeah. So if I have something on like a Fitbit and I turn my phone Bluetooth off that it is connected to, is it still problematic or is it only when it's located or connected via location and Bluetooth and stuff like that? So if you turn these devices on airplane mode, then it will uh, decrease the exposure that you're getting. Okay. So that it makes the, the Fitbit, I guess, not perfect, but better than if it's constantly talking to your phone all day. So maybe doing Correct. like a once a day sync, if it is something that you still want to keep is better than keeping that constantly on all day. Right. Exactly. Yep. Cool. So I want to come back to the headphones topic because I have clients and I see them on our calls and they're sitting there with their headphones on the entire call. And I know that's not just the calls. That's all day long. They're taking all their calls. They're going on their walks. They're doing their workouts. And I know that from what we've talked about, it's, it's problematic. Can you explain exactly why it's problematic? And then, and then we'll uh, circle around to something that I want to address that I heard on the Huberman lab podcast. Yes. And you know, it, there's probably, I'm sure husbands out there listening, people listen like, oh, this is BS. This stuff is fine. No, that's not true. This stuff is very dangerous. There's a lot of studies and you can find these studies. If you go to um, bioinitiativereport.org, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of studies that have been compiled over the last 60 years that are all white paper. They're all peer reviewed. It's all scientific no BS. You can go straight to the data and read this stuff yourself. And anybody that spends a couple hours there in that website doing their own research is going to come to the same conclusion that this stuff is doing a lot of harm to people. There's also another website called the Environmental Health Trust, EHT, which also puts together these studies and they stay more relevant on current topics and laws around the world. And there's a ton of really, really good information. There's, you know, spend an hour or two there. If you're still skeptical, I guarantee you after an hour of research there, you're, you're going to come to the same conclusion as well. So, um, you know, going back to, uh, sorry, what was your original question? I got a little off track there. Yeah, no problem. The original <laughs> question was like, what, what, what is the actual problem with these headphones that we're wearing? And like, I guess we can go after into like solutions for that. Yeah. So the problem is, is that they're always transmitting. It's at high power and it's right next to your brain within like an inch or so from your brain, where you're doing all your thinking, your critical thoughts, you have these high power frequencies that are interfering with your own brainwaves frequencies. And so to me, it doesn't take professional studies. It's a common sense that when we're sending these artificial frequencies directly through the brain. And the way the AirPods work is the phone connects to one AirPod and then that one AirPod connects to the other AirPod through the brain, around the head, it's sending these high frequencies uh, right through your brain. So it's super, super critical to give your brain the rest and the break it needs and not have these artificial frequencies shooting right through it. Yeah, so I imagine that like exposure, like the, the dose, matters as well. Meaning like if you're wearing them for 30 minutes at one point during the day, a couple times a week versus daily, it's going to make a difference as well. Right. You got to look at it. You got to compare it like you would with cigarettes. 
you smoke one cigarette a day versus smoking a whole pack a day, obviously pack a day, you're getting going to get there a lot quicker. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Um, so I'd love your take on this. So recently on the Huberman Lab podcast, he Andrew Huberman had a guest on there. His name is Dr. Matt McDougall. And he specifically, uh, Andrew Huberman asked him about, is, are, is everything to do with the wireless headphones? Is this a problem? And something he said was, I'm not concerned about the EMF. Energy levels are so tiny. The EMF fields in the Bluetooth frequency range, like they're so tiny. And we're awash in these signals all day on earth anyways. So I'm not that concerned, even though in the same post where that was highlighted, Andrew Huberman's like, I still don't wear them. But would you be able to address that and what your thoughts are on saying we're washing all these signals anyways? What's the point? I mean, you can say that about a lot of things where, hey, there's there's a fast food chain on every corner. What's the big deal? Let's just eat fast food all day long. Why not? Everyone else is doing it. I think that's a poor way to look at your health and look at your family's health. For me, I want to lower my exposure to all toxins as much as possible. I can't be perfect about it, but just because it's everywhere doesn't mean I'm not going to try. Doesn't mean that I my home is hardwired. I'm talking to you right now on my laptop that's hardwired. I have old school landline phone that I make my phone calls on. And I can tell you for a fact that my health and my family's health have greatly improved after we've gone EMF free. So I don't care what the studies say or what anybody else says. My personal experience tells me that I feel better. My brain works better. I, my body works better when I lower my EMF exposure. Oh, I love to hear that, especially when you're like noticing a real difference. Now, it's so funny. I'm also hardwired in on my internet now and we have our internet. I recommend this to all my clients and very few take me up on it, but I actually bought one of those old school Christmas tree light timers that you plug into your socket and it is set that it turns all of our Wi-Fi off at 9 PM and flips it back on at 5 AM in the morning. Cause I mean, there's no purpose for it being in our house when everyone is sleeping anyways. So is that something that like is helpful? Do the, do the timers make the difference? Is it shut off? It shut off. Is there anything that you'd add yeah. to that? I guess. No, that's great. That's, that's perfect. I love uh, when people do that. Cause that's an easy thing that doesn't require a lot of change in your day-to-day -day life. It doesn't decrease your inconvenience level at all. And one third of your life, you're exposing yourself a lot less to this EMF. And, you know, to that guy's comment that there's so many studies like i mentioned before that has proven this stuff is so harmful to people it's like i don't think anybody would argue that if you go stick your head in the microwave that that's good for you i mean these this is common sense stuff you know so it's like well if yeah a whole pack of cigarettes will give you cancer but i'll go ahead and let my kids smoke a little bit of cigarettes because that's okay like that's the the thinking that this guy has it makes absolutely no sense yeah. And you know what? That's always what the thinking I've had too, is like, okay, internet has not been around like a crazy, crazy long time. If you look at the expanse of human history and especially not Bluetooth and especially not all this 5G and stuff like that. And I, as a kid, I grew up in the eighties, like there was no cell phone three feet from my head all night long. Like I was talking to my mom and she sleeps with her cell phone under her pillow on fully. And I'm just like, it's crazy because like, even if there were no studies for any of this, we don't know the long-term effects of like what having all this proximity to this stuff will have on us, despite if we have, you know, even if we didn't have evidence now, what do you think about right. that? No, I agree hundred percent. You couldn't have said it better. They're like, why, why make yourself the guinea pig, you know, practice practical avoidance and just be cautious of this stuff. Yeah. So let's move up a layer in proximity. We've already been talking about internet. Now with the cell phones, 
Um, you showed a really neat tip on your Instagram about how you can hardwire your cell phones and your laptops in so that you're not like having all this streaming and sending of data. Can you tell us a bit about that? I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, you can just buy an adapter online. That's an Ethernet uh, to either Lightning port or a USB-C adapter, depending on what kind of phone you have. And you just plug it right into the bottom of the little adapter. And then you can plug the other end into a Cat6 cable that goes to your router. Or if your home is hardwired, like ours is and yours is, then you can just plug it right into the port. Then you can sit there and, and use all of your internet-based apps and functions on your phone uh, without being any ex having any exposure to the EMF. Yeah. I, I love that. Such a simple thing. You just get it on Amazon, plug it in, especially because like, if you think about it, like I have two phones just because I have a business phone and a personal phone sitting within a foot of me all day long. So are these phones problematic if they are, cause every night we put ours on airplane mode and do not disturb. Do they still pose a threat? Like if they're on our nightside table, if all of that is engaged or is it just when they're transmitting? You know, if you're on airplane mode and all, everything's shut off on your phone, then it should be fine. But I like to take it one step further. And at night when you're sleeping and you have your bed, make like this 10 or 12 foot bubble around your bed where you just don't have any electronics in that in that field at all. You you know, charge your phone in the bathroom or out in the kitchen or in another room where you don't even have it next to you. And I know some people use it for um uh, like an alarm or something, but you can buy a battery powered alarm off Amazon for 10 bucks. It's not a big deal. There's ways you can replace that, but really keeping that space around the bedroom a little more sacred. You know, when I was with Molly talking about the sleep stuff that, you know, if, if you go into our room and look, we don't even have nightstands in our room. We just have a bed in there and that's it. And we keep it for sleeping and we don't bring any technology into there. Yeah. So you're even talking about lamps too, when you're talking about that tech-free bubble. Yes. Yeah. Could you unplug yep. the lamps realistically while you're sleeping then if it was something like, cause I read before I go to bed and it gets dark, <laughs> but could I just, uh, does unplugging them have the same effect? You could, or you could go with a battery powered one that has more of the amber colored light. So you're not getting the blue light and it's, it's battery powered. So you don't have the electric field right by your head. That would be the next level. That would be the better option. Yeah. We have like orange incandescent bulbs in our bedroom. It makes us go to sleep anyway. That's a whole thing. I love talking about blue light. That is a whole other thing. Um, but so like, so what we're hearing right now is phone is on airplane mode and keeping it, keeping that 10 to 12 foot bubble around your bed while you are going to sleep. I, I love that. That's, uh, that's so good. Anything else in terms of like, I know EMFs are thrown off by like kitchen appliances and all that kind of stuff. Are there any other areas that we're seeing a lot of interaction with EMFs that we could reduce something easy? You know, making sure you're not living next underneath the high voltage power lines, those big high voltage lines, make sure and there's still a lot of people live next to those. I and mean, I see a lot of health issues looking at the appliances in your house and make sure that it's not next to high use areas. And so the washing machine, the dryer, the, the HVAC system, uh, any of these that have big motors in them that's using a lot of power, making sure you're staying good eight to 10 feet away from these. Uh, also, the main power panel that comes into the house, uh, any pool pumps or air conditioning units, making sure that they're not next to where you would sleep or your office or where you're spending a lot of time or your baby's cribs at or where a pet sleeps. Really be conscious of the the area and the proximity of those. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. Um, okay. So if we're, we're looking at, we've talked about hardwiring in our phone, one of the, actually how I found you on Instagram, it was a while ago. Um, you did a, a story where you were testing, like you were looking at the voltage or something of, 
someone using their cell phone while it was charging and the difference between using it when it's not charging. This I found fascinating. Can you speak a bit about what you found when you did that test? Yeah. So since our bodies are conductive, they're electrical, our bodies carry that voltage onto the body and our body will literally be lit up in, in that case. Um, up to 45 volts, I think in that video was being pulled onto the body and it was energized unnaturally just from holding your phone while it was charging. So it's not a good idea to be holding onto appliances or phones that are charging that are plugged into the outlet because you're pulling that energy onto your body and it's unnatural. Oh yeah. And how many people use their laptop while it's plugged in too, right? A lot. Yeah. Oh, totally. So if we're speaking on like what we can do, do any of these like devices that you find like these um, EMF blocking stickers and cases, do any of those work? Like I've even heard of like EMF blocking fabrics and underwear and stuff you can wear on planes. What, what if that works and what if it doesn't? So the, the way it works with any conductive material will act like a reflector, like a mirror. So think of it like a mirror and a light. And so, you know, if I have my phone right here and this was a reflector and I put it on my phone, you know, this part of the phone is going to re reflect back this way and this one's going to bounce energy away. But in some cases, the phone is going to make the problem worse because it will vary its power depending on how far away you are from the tower. So if the tower's 20 miles away and you only have one bar, your phone has jacked its power up to max uh, power to try to get that signal out uh, versus if you're really close to the, the, uh, the tower, it's not going to have a very high signal. Now, if we put it in a case or some sort of a device to block that signal, the phone's going to think it's much further away than it actually is. And it's just going to boost its power up to, to compensate for that. So in a lot of cases, it's going to make the problem worse. In one little small area, it might block it, but the whole rest of the phone is radiating out 10, 20 times more powerfully than it normally would because you've just blocked the signal with something. Now, a lot of these stickers or pendants or things are 100% not going to do anything to block the EMF. Uh, we've tested almost everything on the market and I've yet to come across one that has any measurable effect in reducing electric fields, magnetic fields, or radio frequency energy coming off of these devices. Mm, so what about the, like, I've seen even like hoodies that you can buy that are supposed to help. Like if you're on a plane or this, have you tested those? So yes, we have. And so those from the sides will reflect energy away, but let's say I have a hoodie on and the, oh, the front is open and now I have my phone in front of me and I'm looking at it. That <laughs> energy is now going through my face, through my head. It's hitting that hood that's shielded and it's bouncing the energy back through my head, almost concentrating it like a satellite dish. And so again, you can make the problem worse in some of these situations. You got to think, where is that energy going? How is it being reflected? Because the the, the way that this energy works is physics, it's EMC squared, this energy doesn't disappear. It only gets moved or transformed or changed, but it doesn't magically just disappear. And so you got to be conscious of where this energy is going and what's happening to it. This is so interesting because it, once you really understand kind of like how this works, you can start to see through a lot of the gimmicks a lot easier when you're just like, no. No, putting that tiny sticker on your phone is not going to do the job. That is so interesting. So if we're talking about things that are going to protect us from EMFs, we're limiting our usage, obviously, hardwiring stuff in, turning that Wi-Fi off, distancing ourselves from the source. Um, and I know like you you have a specific distances that you think were best for things. And I think I read on your Instagram that it was like, keep your phone at least five feet away from you at all times. Is that right? Yeah, if you can. So let's say you're sitting on the couch put it out on the coffee table. If you're at your desk working, 
put it at the far corner of your desk where you can hear, you can still hear it. You get a text, you need to monitor it. If you can reach it, but don't ever just sit there with it on your lap or in your pocket or in your bra. These are all places that's horrible locations. You know, we see cancer rates going up in these areas with people that uh, put the phone near their body. So just keeping the distance from these devices pays off big time. Yeah. So what do you do? Like in a, in a, in a situation like ours, I think we're kind of hooped to be honest. So we have the top two floors of our house, but there are tenants in the very bottom floor. And I don't think they're turning off their internet. And so like, I feel like we can do the best we can. It's like for people who actually live in apartments or townhouses or anything like that. Like, are we just kind of like, we do the best we can within our walls and everything else is pretty much out of our control. It is. And, you know, again, the proximity stuff, the closer it is to us, the more of an effect it has on us. So if we can at least eliminate and make that bubble around us a lot more cleaner. But yeah, apartments, townhomes, condos, very, very tough to get a really good, a low EMF environment. Yeah, I imagine that. I remember when we were looking for our house, like the top two things on our list were that's too close to a main road. I don't want to be believe, like breathing in pollution and car smoke all day. And the other one was like, well, there is a giant power line right there. And so it took us quite a while and I was so picky and I'm like, okay, I have to be, I want to be at least a couple kilometers from a freeway or a highway. And like, I, what's the proximity with like those big power lines? I know you sell towers might be a bit different, but power lines, like if, if we're, if someone is to go house shopping, what might they look for? <laughs> You know, just stay a football field away from those things and you'll be all right. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. So a couple more topics that I want your your take on grounding mats. We had looked into those a while and I know a lot of those were to help with like, apparently reduced inflammation and stuff like that. But my, where my brain kept going was like, but they're plugged into the wall. And do, mm -hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are. I didn't end up pulling the plug on it because I was just like, I feel like it's plugged into the wall, which is, I don't know if it's different. What do you think? Your intuition was correct. You made the right decision. So there's a big difference between grounding and earthing and people get those mixed up all the time. So earthing is therapeutic. That's when you go outside and you put your feet on the ground and you have physical contact with the earth When you walk on the beach when you take a stroll through the park and you have physical contact, that's earthing, that's therapeutic and that's very healthy for it. it's good. Grounding is a totally different thing. So in an electrical system of a building, they have ground wires that run throughout the whole building. It's for shock protection and for lightning protection. So basically a lightning rod that's connected to the grounding system of your electrical system. Now, unfortunately, that ground that runs through your house is tied to your neighbor's ground. It's tied to all the other electrical systems in your neighborhood, and it's not perfectly clean. There's interference on it. I've never measured one that I don't see a good amount of, of dirty electricity or line interference on the grounding system itself. So what you do now, and, and I don't like these grounding mats inside, they actually can make problems worse in a lot of cases. You connect yourself physically instead of to earth, you're connecting it to the electrical system of your apartment or your building and with the dirty electricity now physically connecting and conducting onto your body. And mm -hmm. not only that, now you've just made yourself a lightning rod in the room. So let's say I'm sitting here at my desk and I have my feet on a grounding mat, not an earth, on grounding mat. Those charged electrons from my laptop and from the wiring are looking for a path to get back to earth. Now they see me that I'm grounded and I, I'm a direct path. So now those electrical currents are going to flow through my body, through my feet, into the grounding mat, back to the electrical system like the electrical system is designed for. So grounding yourself in 
and around electronics and things plugged in in your house is probably one of the worst things you can do. You're inducing currents through your body. I am so glad I listened to my intuition on that. And for those of you guys who are listening and are like, what are they talking about? So you can buy these things. And there was even a documentary, a documentary that was put out on Netflix, a lot about earthing and grounding. And I think the terms kind of got muddled in it, so to speak. But it's these there are these mats that you can either lay on to meditate, you can put on your bed, or you can sit on or put your feet on all day. And they're supposed to like, what are they supposed to discharge current or something like that and reduce inflammation? But from what you're saying is they basically make you a magnet for EMFs and they may is there any benefit at all or is it just kind of like no 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 benefit at all if you are going to turn off the circuits in your house and then run a grounding stake out to earth and then touch that there may be some benefits but nobody's doing it like that unfortunately oh okay all right well good to know don't go get a grounding mat um so we talked a bit about dirty electricity can you speak a little bit to light bulbs? I know that we've slowly been switching over to incandescent bulb. And a lot of that for me was due to what I perceived as just like a lot of eye strain and fatigue and headaches I got from what I felt like was a lot of flicker, like a low level, just like irritation. So with the conversation around dirty electricity, can you speak to the difference between incandescent bulbs and LED bulbs and why you'd recommend one over the other? Sure. Yeah. So our eyes have evolved on this planet and they're used to the sun. They're used to candlelight. They're used to firelight. Ancestrally, that's what we had when the sun went down. And what that is is a consistent glow. It doesn't flicker. It doesn't turn on and off. It stays on the whole time. And our eyes can sense that. Now, with the advent of uh, energy-saving devices and going into the energy-saving world, people want to have less energy usage. So they develop CFL bulbs, fluorescent bulbs. And what happens is they... Uh, turn on for a little duty cycle, then they turn off. Then they turn on for a little bit and they turn off. And they do this very fast to where we it looks like it's a consistent glow, but it's actually strobing the 60 times per second. That can have a big impact on the brain. Uh, people can get anxiety from that, that headaches, uh, fatigue. It can be a lot bigger issue than people realize. A lot of times I'll go into people's homes and we're doing the testing and come to find out they don't like have the lights on. They're like, well, I don't like the lights. The lights bother me. Bright lights bother me. But I'm like, well, what about outside? Let's go outside. And we go outside. Like, does this bother you? Like, no, no, the sun is fine. I'm like, all right, well, it's not bright light that's affecting you. It's the flicker of the light that's affecting you. So if you're the kind of person that doesn't like bright lights in your house, but you love the sun, it's not the light. It's the flicker that's affecting you. And so going into incandescent and going into halogen bulbs, or using, uh, they do have no flicker LEDs that you can buy. They're called film grade uh, LEDs. Um, then you can get away from this flicker. But also the blue light that we talked about, it suppresses melatonin. Uh, melatonin is super important to get a good night's sleep, a deep sleep. And it's one of the things that triggers our eyes. Uh, our eyes, it's no coincidence that our sleep pattern is exactly the same with the sun. We get the cues from when to sleep and when to be awake based on the position of the sun and the intensity of the sun and the color spectrum that we see into our eyes. And so one of the worst things we can do is when the sun goes down is now turn up all these bright lights, our screen, the computer, the TV, and we let all this blue light into our eyes. It's basically telling our body that, no, it's not nighttime. It's still in the middle of the day. We don't need to be producing melatonin right now. It's time to stay awake. And then we don't get a very good deep sleep that night. So super important to monitor the type of light, the flicker, the color intensity uh, throughout the day. And if there's ever question about what to do, mimic what the sun is doing. What is the sun doing right now? That's 
always try to mimic what the sun is doing. That's exactly what I say. I say, um, simulate a sunset indoors, bring the lights down lower, dim them and make them go orange and red. Like exactly like what our brains were accustomed to. But as to what you were saying earlier with the flicker, it was so interesting. Um, I had a ring light set up behind my desk and there was a point, uh, a couple of months ago where I found that like, I was getting migraines at the end of like a six, seven hour call day. And I was like, I bet it's the ring light. And I turned the ring light off. And for a month, I turned my desk to face the window. It didn't have the pretty background and everything. And I've fixed a lot of incandescent lighting since then. But like I, my migraines went away. My feeling like I was going to be exhausted and just fall asleep at five o'clock went away. I couldn't believe how much the quality of a light bulb had on my brain. It was wild. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that's the thing with a lot of this environmental stuff is I tell people, just try it out. You know, you, you not, you think it's BS or it doesn't affect us that much. You know what? Just give it a shot. Try it out. Try turning your power off for a couple of nights and just sleeping with zero energy filled. Try dimming the lights down. Try what you did with the desk. Just try these things. Try eliminating the chemicals in your house, opening up the windows, getting some fresh air. Just give it a shot. See how you feel after a while. I guarantee it's going to make an impact. You're going to like it. Yeah, that's what I say too. I'm like, let's just call it an experiment and let's say it's a week and you don't have to change your life forever. But if at the end of the week you feel better, then you can keep it. Right. So right. last question I'm going to ask you, this is a bit of a selfish one because we're going on a, like a two month slow living, working trip to Panama coming up. What can we do after getting off a plane? I have heard that those are some of the worst places for EMF and for brain fog. Can we protect ourselves? And if not, what can we do to kind of feel better or like to dispel some of that once we get off the plane? You know, it's all about cumulative exposure throughout the day. And so just make that a day to, you know, when you land, let's go to the beach, go relax, go ground, just put your cell phone down, try to make that a no technology day. I always, I travel a lot and I always feel crummy after I get off the airplane and, you know, people call it jet lag. It's not jet lag. It's, it's all, it's the environment that you're putting your body in fog. Yeah. It's the EMF fog. It's the all, yeah, it's everything in there. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're prescribing a day at the beach. I won't say no to that. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Well, Ryan, this has been an awesome conversation. There are so many takeaways, things we can consider, things we can take action on today. I've loved having you on here. Now, I know that you offer a remote testing service and we covered this when we talked about air quality and mold, but I know there are resources in the kit that really do help with EMFs as well. Am I correct? Right. We have a, a multimeter in there that measures all three frequencies and then uh, an instructional video course to walk you through how to test it yourself that you're in your own home. That's what's cool about this kit is that you get to keep the equipment when you're done so that and we teach you how to you know basically be a master of your own home so that you don't have to guess anymore that you know what the levels are and what's affecting you. Oh, I love that. And where can we find you or if we want to find out about the remote testing kit, like where where would you want people to go find you? So from our website, you can go testmyhome.com and you can uh, contact us or get started. We have several call to action buttons and right towards the top, it says click here for our remote testing kit and it walks you through the whole process. Uh, Also our Instagram at testmyhome, a lot of free content that we put on there to keep people informed. You can message us on there, but really going through the website, testmyhome.com is the best way. Awesome. Well, it was enlightening and educating. And I've loved having you on the show and I'm sure my listeners do too. So thank you so much for taking your time and telling us all the things we need to know to make sure our environment outside is just as good as our environment inside. Yeah. Thank you for help educating people and have me on. I appreciate it. This was great. Yeah. Take care. 
learned something new in this episode or feel inspired to take action, I'd love for you to share it with a friend and leave a review. Your review will help one more entrepreneur feel healthier, more energized, and focused. If you feel good about helping a friend or a fellow business owner you've never even met, you are my kind of people. I'm excited to help you become limitless in the coming episodes.